It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, March fourteenth, two thousand and thirteen. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me. Hello, Dad. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Jacob. Great to be with you tonight. Good to be with you. And an interesting topic, uh, a topic that I think a few years ago. Uh, you, you would have been unfathomable, but it becomes it seems like it's becoming more and more commonplace. I've seen several stories about what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, Jake, uh, one of our regular listeners, Ramona down in Texas, sent us a, a, a link to a church in Abilene, Texas, that is meeting in a bar. They've started having regular worship services and Bible studies uh, in a bar. And she was interested in hearing that discussed. When I read about what they were doing, I thought certainly it'd be a worthy topic for us to consider. So uh, that's what we're going to do. The, again, as you said, Jacob, it's apparently a thing that's happening in many places around the country. People having uh, assemblies, worship assemblies in some instances, Bible studies in others. Uh, and they're meeting in bars and taverns and so forth. USA Today had an article on it last year about this phenomenon, and it is coast to coast. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, with um, Roger McDaniel in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Who, he's holding a uh, a church there, Bibles and Beer, uh, in Uncle Charlie's Bar in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We're going to talk to him uh, he's, later he's, on the A little program. later, but we've got on the line right now from Raleigh, North Carolina, we've got A.J. Viola. Am I saying that right, A.J.? Yes, sir. A.J. Viola, thanks for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study, A.J. Now, you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you have a program you call Beer and a Bible, and it meets at Ternanag. You're going to say it. It's an Irish pub. Ternanag, I guess, is the way it's said. Okay, there we go. Yeah, And and, uh, you're meeting there. How often do you meet? Is it a weekly thing? Uh, We meet twice a month. Uh, so we meet on every second and fourth Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Okay. Now, you are also on the ministerial staff of uh, the Life Point Church in Raleigh, uh, as you told me earlier. And so this is not this is not your uh, only uh, activity in regards to religion and Bible study and teaching and so forth. But we're obviously intrigued about the idea of having such a meeting in a bar. How did that get started? Well, it honestly uh, started, uh, my wife and I kind of grew up in the restaurant business. My dad was owning restaurants all my life, so I've grown up uh, working in restaurants, serving, cooking, uh, restaurants and bars. And my wife worked in a restaurant uh, in the front of the house, working in the bar and serving for many years. And we kind of noticed over and over again that some of the most spiritual conversations and some of the, the greatest conversations that we've had with people about God and about faith uh, happened uh, within a bar setting or in uh, a restaurant setting and so we said wow and especially when we got to raleigh we moved here you know without really any paid jobs and so we we just did what we knew and got jobs at a restaurant both of us and so she was bartending and i was waiting tables and continued to have some of these conversations and figured out you know there's really this kind of desire of people to have these spiritual conversations um just not really a venue and so so we said you know what let's just let's create the venue let's create the space and so that really kind of, that's what kind of got it started. And you've been doing it for uh, about, about two, two years? years yeah, been doing it about two years. Yeah, we've been doing it for about two years. And uh, it's obviously not, not something that, that we thought of. It's something that's been going around for uh, a long time, for many years. Um, but uh, we, we just kind of got it going here. How, how do you house. advertise it? Is it mostly word of mouth, or do you do some actual advertising? We, we don't do a lot of advertising. We actually run it through meetup.com. I don't know if you've never heard of that. It's just right. a, kind of a social networking site that people can host meetups. So if you're interested in mountain biking or canoeing or ultimate frisbee, you host a meetup on meetup.com, and and, it, and people sign up for free accounts, and they find meetups in the area. And so we we just signed up for a meetup account, uh, put up a meetup page for Beer and Bible about a week before our first meeting, um, and we had about 25 people show up at, that, at our first gathering. 
And that's and that's about what you have in a typical meeting. You said earlier you might have anywhere from twenty to thirty-five people in a in a given uh, Bible study. Is that right? Yeah, we average anywhere from yeah anywhere from twenty to twenty-five. There's been nights where we had you know up to thirty, thirty-five, and some nights where there's just like four of us having conversation. Which even those nights are some of the most you know some of the greatest conversations as well. Now, what do you uh, tell us? Uh, we talked to you earlier and asked you some of these same questions, but tell us again about your subject matter. What what kind of things do you usually cover? Sure, um, we stick with things Jesus said. Uh, so we spend a lot of time within the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, the vast majority of the things that we talk about come from there, um, because our demographic of people who come uh, are are not what I would call like not always the most even religious people or people who spend a lot of time in church. And so, but you know, they like beer and, um, Jesus was a good guy and they can, they can agree on that. He's a good teacher and did good things. So we stick with things that Jesus said, either stories he told stories about him or just kind of things he said, you know, kind of, uh, truths that he said. And so we kind of stick there. We've ventured off there once in a while. We've gone into acts or letters of Paul and even in the old Testament times, um, for conversation. Um, the vast majority of time is spent in the gospel. If you'd like to talk with AJ, the number is 877-381-4567, or you can send your questions in the chat room tonight. AJ, uh, there, there no doubt are some things going on in bars and taverns around the, the world that uh, that the Bible would clearly, clearly teach against. Are you teaching against the, the activities that would commonly be occurring in taverns worldwide tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I am in not a not a fan of, of getting hammered, and uh, I think you know what we see over and over again in Scripture is uh, that the Bible talks about you know is you know is getting drunk is not something that God really condones, uh, which is why I actually think this is kind of a, a good idea because what pe- people see uh, is people who can be responsible drinkers who can enjoy something um, and still be responsible, still hold. You know, conversations, and you know, you can come into a bar. Bar, you can have a good time. That's that's a that's a little bit farther. Uh, that's another discussion. I want to stop you a little bit before then. You said that the drunkenness is not something God would really like. Uh, yeah. Can, uh, how far do you, how how far do you take that? In other words, with these people who are bar attendees and and who would maybe be among those who get drunken, do you teach about the sin of drunkenness? No, that's not really a topic we uh, we really get into. Now we do say um, that one of the, we do have three kind of things that we focus on with beer in a Bible, and three things we say this is what you have to do. And, and one of those is you have to drink responsibly, you have to be 21, and then be respectful of everyone. Um, do, are would you know? I see passages that are very clear that drunkenness is condemned, and yeah. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 10, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Is that the kind of right. teaching? I mean, would that kind of teaching be taboo in the the Irish pub where you are? Is that something you can teach? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's something that that's something that we would definitely uh, engage in conversation with. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that is, that, I think one of the first topics we did, actually, I think the first meeting was when Jesus turned water to wine. Uh, and so it was. We had a, a really good conversation on what that means and what it means to uh, be a follower of Jesus, but also, you know, to be able to drink and like how do you how do you work that with what Scripture says? And, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I'm just gonna make a footnote here uh, because it's not really the, the thrust of our discussion tonight with you, AJ. I, I disagree on the on the drinking in moderation concept. I really believe that the Lord wants us to abstain completely, and, and, and we've made that point before okay. on our program. But uh, again, I don't want to get sidetracked to that discussion. But, but this is a, this is a big uh, argument that I see though by people who are, who are meeting in in, in taverns. AJ is the idea that Jesus may, turned water into wine, so therefore Jesus would have no problem meeting in a tavern because Jesus he liked to imbibe as well if he's turning water into wine. And AJ, we've talked before in the program that that Jesus, there's no way in the world Jesus could have created alcohol or created alcoholic wine from water at, at that party. If so, Jesus would was have contributing to contributing to a drunken, uh, you know, just a uh, just terrible drunkenness. So that, that's that, that's the argument we would make against using the John two the wedding feast at Cana of Galilee Jesus turning water to wine, we would we would argue that that wasn't alcoholic wine uh, because if the people were already well drunk and then he provided 
many, many gallons more of intoxicating wine than he would have certainly been contributing to the drunkenness of those people, which would have been a sin. Jesus didn't do any sins, and so that's that's the sort of the line of reasoning we would use against using that argument to justify drinking. But back to the back to the the question of the meetings in the bar. Uh, I, I'm interested to know have you have you been able to document changed lives in by by your by whatever analysis you would use do you do you believe that you've seen people turn situations around in their life yeah absolutely i mean i, I think uh one that people would actually engage in these conversations and be around these conversations when usually they wouldn't at all um i think is a huge step for people uh, a lot of the people that we uh, encounter are people who would well, usually wouldn't darken the steps of a church, um, don't really have any interest, whether they were burned by the church in the past, you know, bad experience because that happens at times, or whether, uh, whatever it is, they just never well, really But, but is that is that your objective, AJ? I mean, is, is that your sole objective is to just have a situation where people are willing to enter in discussion? Are you, are, are you trying to take them to another place, to a different level? I mean, what, what's your objective as you engage in these studies? Sure. Our, our main objective is to create a space where people can engage in conversation from the Bible. Um, that, you know, create a space where people who are obviously desiring to learn more about Jesus and talk about how the Bible, you know, a seemingly very old book can actually have relevance and actually has held truth to our daily lives today. And so we're seeing that each and every week. Okay. Um, any of the people ever attend your your conventional church services coming out of of, of the meetings in in the tavern. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that that has at least fun. there's there's been some days where there's been like a beer and a Bible row uh, for people uh, would come and and check it out. So that's you know you know everybody has uh, next steps that you know no matter how mature we are in our faith, I feel like everybody has a next step we should be kind of growing towards. We should never feel like you know we're stagnant and we're not growing. Okay, um, and so. So wherever that step is, we want to help encourage people to do that. At least that's my personal goal. All right. Now let me let me ask you this question, AJ, because I think to me this is this would be a big issue. What is off limits? In other words, what would be too much? I got to believe that you would draw a line in the sand at some place and say, "No, that's that's not. We can't go there. That's not appropriate." In other words, if if you can hold Bible studies in a bar and people drinking as they're studying the Bible. What would you, where would you say that's too much? I'm not, I, I couldn't do that. Well, I wouldn't believe that hey, would be right. For instance, uh, AJ, you know, marijuana has been legalized in some Western states. Could, could, would, sure. could, would you have, would you, ha- would you be a fan of pot and the, and the Bible, Bible study? Uh, well, I have no experience with marijuana, so I couldn't tell you, um, uh, what the effects are of that are on someone, uh, so and I don't know many places you can uh, just go and hang out and get it. I think for my limited knowledge, it's legalized in a uh, medical setting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what kind of effects that has on a person. I know what kind of effect beer has on people. Well, let, let, let me give you an extreme case, and, and what would you say about this? Okay. What about a Bible study in a nudist colony? I mean, would you go to a nudist colony and have a Bible study in, the, in a nudist colony? Close optional. In other words, what I'm asking uh, you is, do you would you draw a line at some point and say, that's 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 out of bounds, man. That's that's way off base. You can't do that. In other words, in other words, the same thing you're saying about people in a bar who feel uncomfortable going to a traditional church setting, who yeah, have been disenfranchised, yeah. who've had a bad experience in the past, or something. like I, I, I'm guessing. I don't know, obviously, from experience, but I'm guessing you could say the same thing about some people in a nudist colony. W- would you go there? Would you do that? I personally wouldn't. Uh, not something I would feel comfortable. Okay, but uh, you, see, you you get my point. I, I hope you get my point. What I'm trying to say there is yeah, it? and I get your point. I get your point, and you know, take it to extremes is something is a is sometimes a good question to ask. But I also believe in a God who can redeem all things, no matter how far gone they are. So you know, maybe. Um, you know, maybe you know, some you got to start somewhere. Sometimes you have to get in some of the darkest uh, places and shine a light on those dark places uh, in order to for them to be redeemed. So I'm not volunteering uh, for the newest colony, but um, you know, if somebody is a follower of Jesus and wants 
you know, wants to reach those people and who has a heart and, you know, maybe God called them to that. I, I, I got to say, like, I got to say, AJ, I got to really disagree with you there because uh, uh, there, there are things that are wrong. I think, I think drinking is wrong. I think and certainly drunkenness is wrong, but I think drinking at all is wrong. Therefore, I, I couldn't do the bar thing that you're doing, but it seems to me that you're even unwilling to draw the line and say, even a nudist colony would be okay if you're comfortable with that. If there's somebody who wants to to, to take that task on and go, go for it, it seems to be what I'm getting from you. And uh, that that's concerning to me that there seems to be no standard or no no uh, you know no rules at all. Let me give you my my take on it. I agree that we've got to reach out to those who are lost, and we need to go where they are. And I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with going into a bar and talk to somebody about the Bible. But I see a passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, where it tells us to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And to me, if I go and hang out and stay where these unfruitful works of darkness are occurring, then I am, in effect, having fellowship with them. What would you say about that, A.J.? I mean, I'd say also, you know, where Paul said you got to become all things to all people, and, you know, where Paul is kind of a great, I think, example and how, you know, he did, you know, he was, you know, he would claim his, you know, Roman kind of birthright in order for him to, you know, to reach people on that where he needed to go. And so, I mean, I would definitely put a limit on where I would go. You know, there are there are places where, you know, like like I don't feel called to and I don't think um, it would be very helpful to do that or, you know, I think it would just be kind of a self-satisfying thing like, oh, I'm going to go here because this is what I want to do. You know, like, for example, like, because I'm called to Hawaii because it's so pretty when really I really just want to go to Hawaii. Uh-huh. Um, I think I think there's you know there's definitely limits you know um, but you know we see I see over and over again when I look at the example of Jesus he was somewhere who he was somebody who went places uh, where the traditional uh, Sadducees and Pharisees were not very excited about where he went you know when he went to parties and he was in places whatever he was actually doing in those places but he was at a place. Um, that they were they were not excited that he was at, and so some, you know that's kind of where I yeah, think but a lot of, yeah, but a lot of that uh, had to do with their faults, the, the false standards of the Pharisees uh, themselves. Uh, I think in a lot of those episodes, we would have to say the reason they were upset was because they had some some flawed uh, tra- human traditions, not divine traditions. They had some flawed human traditions that that uh, uh, maybe they 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 didn't want to rub elbows with certain individuals but uh are you concerned i, I would agree with that yeah. I, I, I are you con- that. I think there's a lot of things like that that we do today sometimes as well yeah then it may be uh, uh we, we need to let you go here aj we're gonna we've got to get to to uh, uh the fellow in wyoming that we're going to talk to here in a minute but let me ask you one more question are you concerned sure. are you concerned i i'm concerned and i would be concerned in the setting that you're in are you concerned that Anybody will walk away from what you're doing feeling justified. In other words, that you have condoned them uh, in their situation. Are you concerned at all that that by by virtue of this activity, people will take it that you're okay? You're in the bar. You're drinking. You're okay. You know, fine to talk about Jesus, but keep it up. Do do you know? In other words, no, no change is is. Uh, is being uh, no, in other words, are you concerned that they're going to take it that I'm okay where I am and I don't have to change anything about my life? No, I, I'm not really concerned with that because um, because Jesus, when people meet Jesus, change happens. And I think you know, as we continue to dive into Scripture, uh, we get to learn more about who Jesus is, the things He called us to do, and the, the way He called us to live. And when we when we start taking that seriously. Uh, I think there's changed in lives. And so that, I think the more we can introduce people to Scripture, uh, the more we learn about truth and the more we learn about who Jesus well, was. We're, certain, we're certainly all about exposing people to Scripture. We believe that's very crucial. Uh, we would we would sure. not implement your methods, uh, and, and i got some serious reservations about all the implications of your methods, but uh, certainly we, we, we agree in the sense that the Bible is ultimately important and we've got to get it to the people who need to hear it. And I mean, there's no difference in agreement about that. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I would, I wouldn't be comfortable with what you're doing there. I, I think that there's some things about it that, to me, are out of bounds. But AJ, any, uh, any last thoughts, AJ? 
only last thought I would say is um, like the reason we do be in a Bible is so people can get to know what the Bible says. You know, I've had people who uh, who I've invited and who've turned me down because they said, you know, I used to be an alcoholic, and you know that's not something I want to do. But I wish there was something like that going on when I was in the bar drinking and getting drunk. And so it's for reasons like that um, that we do what we do. And I think it's important that, uh, like what you said, uh, like this is not somewhere you would go because there are probably places you would go that I wouldn't feel comfortable or I wouldn't maybe feel welcome. And um, and I think that such diversity is needed in order for everyone um, to get to know who Jesus is and the truth that he teaches in Scripture. Okay. A.J. Viola in Raleigh, North Carolina, thanks for joining us tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, appreciate it. Bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and during that break, we're going to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and we're going to get uh, Roger McDaniel on the line, and he's going to tell us about uh, his Bible study at Uncle Charlie's Bar in Cheyenne, Wyoming. You want to be a part of that discussion, so stay where you are. We'll be right back after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in a study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Here's some quotes worth pondering. We cannot always build the future for our youth, but we can build our youth for the future. Dwight Eisenhower said a people that values its privileges above its principles soon loses both. If your religion does not change you, then you should change your religion. Man, wish I'd said that. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight as we talk about the growing trend, it seems, to have church meetings and Bible studies in bars and taverns. We've got uh, Roger McDaniel from Cheyenne, Wyoming. His uh, discussion in Uncle Charlie's Bar is called Bibles and Beer, and uh, and, Char- and Roger joins us on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Roger, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good to be with you. Roger, my, I'm Greg. I'm Jacob's dad. We do this program together uh, here at the Virtual Great. Bible Study, and uh, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. We we have known something about these kinds of activities, but one of our regular listeners suggested it be worth talking about on our program, and it, it is quite interesting. i got to tell you, we come from a totally different perspective. I mean, this is something that would be off the chart uh, for us, uh, completely out of bounds. What got you started doing this? Well, what got, it, got me started was uh, that I just continued to run into uh, people uh, young people, and actually older people, I'm 64, and people in my age group, and who would tell me that they were very interested in Bible study, but they weren't particularly interested in church. And for whatever reason, they were uncomfortable in, in the church environment. They still wanted to talk about the Bible and study the Bible stories. And um, so a couple of years ago, we thought, well, let's just create kind of a uh, a different place for uh, people where they can go and feel comfortable and um, see how it goes. And so we, we've been at it. It'll be two years next month, um, and uh, it's been uh, it, it really has been great fun. We have uh, an interfaith group. Uh, there are Muslims and uh, Jews and a couple of atheists and Christians of all different denominations. And uh, what I've what I've found is that about half of them uh, have never been churched. Uh, they didn't grow up in homes where they learned the Bible stories, and they wanted to do that as adults. And this has provided them a forum. Now, when what do you what kind of things you study with them, Roger? Well, we started uh, with um, 
Genesis and uh, did uh, Genesis and Exodus. <laughs> it took us a year and a half to get through the two books. We we uh, have some pretty in-depth conversations. And uh, then we skipped over to Mark, and we have just completed the eighth chapter of uh, Mark. But basically, we choose a book of the Bible and just go through it. And um, around the table, there are probably a dozen different translations of the Bible, and so we talk about the translation differences and um, the reasons for it, as well as sort of the historical understanding of what's going on in these stories. And we always end every night with a, what I call the so what question. What, what difference does this make in our lives? And um, we have a pretty spirited discussion about the role these stories play in guiding us. Now, this is a Bible study, not necessarily a church service that you're, you're having there at Char- Uncle Charlie's Bar. That's right. It, it is a Bible study. And, and it's once a week? It's once a week. We meet every Monday from 5.30 till 6.30. We're, we're strict about those times. Um, you know, people. Uh, some people drink a beer. Some people sip on a wine. Others have uh, Coca-Cola or iced tea or, or what have you. But uh, one hour, and uh, we adjourn, and we come back the next week. And about how many in attendance? Uh, generally about 35 to 40. Okay. Okay, now, we, we we just got off the phone with a fellow who's doing a similar thing in Raleigh, North Carolina, and so we're going to ask you some of the same questions we ask him, because this is something that that's completely foreign to us. We wouldn't do it. Uh, I, I think it's out of bounds, but uh, we're really interested in knowing what motivates you and what you're thinking on this is uh, – Stuff that goes on in a bar. We asked uh, our, our previous guest, there's stuff that goes on in a bar that's sinful. And now, I don't know where you I don't know where you stand on the drinking question, but we take the position that Christians shouldn't drink at all. Uh, but certainly drunkenness, I think everybody agrees that drunkenness is condemned in the Bible as a sin. Do you teach that in the course of these discussions with people who are sitting in a bar who may very well that night get drunk in the bar are you are you addressing the in other words are, are you being at at any level confrontational with the people about things that they may be involved in that they need to change well the, the, we meet in a in a loft above the bar and uh, occasionally some of the the men or women who might have come in to just drink come up and join us uh, a few have actually stuck around and become a part of the of the group uh, we uh, one of the reasons we hold it to one hour is uh, for the question of moderation. Uh, we we tend to take the view that drinking is uh, not a problem if it's done responsibly and in moderation. But uh, we certainly don't encourage people to drink uh, too much. Nor is the is the uh, uh, event or the evening built around the use of alcohol the way some uh, events are. Well, I, I do have a question, uh, Roger. Are, so the people that come to the study are they coming to the bar for the study, or are they happen to be at the bar? You maybe engaged in some of those activities that the Bible would condemn, and they happen to join you in the study. What's the majority of the people? Are they coming to the bar because you have advertised the study there? Yes, most of them come just for that purpose. Uh, they come at five thirty and leave at six thirty. Not not many stay around. In that in that case in that case, what what is the benefit of having it in the bar? Why yeah. not have it? At, why not have it at McDonald's? Well, the the benefit is uh, that it is a hospitable, relaxing uh, place. It is offbeat, uh, and you know, in my my view, um, you know, the ten o'clock service that uh, I do on Sunday morning isn't for everybody, nor is this for everybody but there is an audience of folks who want to learn the bible who enjoy the hospitable nature of sitting uh, around the loft at the tavern um, sipping on a beer or a coca-cola after work and having uh, that kind of a religious conversation and um, the size of the turnout uh, having uh, that many people uh, join us tells me that um, this is something that appeals to enough people that it becomes an effective way to communicate the uh, the word of the scripture. Well, um, l- let me ask you about your response. First of all, mm-hmm. you're a, you're a uh, you you preach your minister for the Highland Presbyterian Church in Cheyenne, 
That's uh, right. Uh, all your church members comfortable with this procedure? Uh, all of them, no. Not all of most of them are. <laughs> okay. Um, there are there are a couple who uh, find it uh, objectionable. Okay. What about in the general community? Uh, getting any any feedback from the general community about this? Well, about the same. I mean, there there certainly are those who are very uncomfortable with it, um, but there are. You know, and as I said, I, I don't think there's anything that the church does that uh, meets everybody's needs. And I, uh, you know, my, my view is that there's a great need in the community uh, for the church to reach out, to teach the Bible stories, to get people to think about them, to use them in their own lives. And this is one way to reach people that we weren't reaching before. Okay, now, what can... Are you are you content? In other words, here's a guy. He's been with you for the whole two years that you've been meeting at Uncle Charlie's. Are you are you content for that to be where it stays, or are you trying to take him to a different level? Are you trying to are you trying to provoke him to be a member of the Highland Presbyterian Church, or I mean, where does that go? Where are you trying to go with this? What's your objective? Well, the 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 objective is a little more than to have an interfaith conversation about what scripture says and and what it can teach us about our lives today uh, i don't um, use it as a forum to get people to come to my church uh, some people who had no church have chosen to come to our church others have not chosen to go to church at all uh, but i do believe that in the process of of digging deeper into scripture uh, people's faith is deepened and that they do something with that. Um, and I've, I've seen that with this group. Uh, even among those who don't uh, turn it into becoming regular churchgoers, uh, their sense of who they are and their role in the community, I think, has been, uh, has been altered by the experience of having a community uh, Bible study. Um, it, and it's a lot different than a church Bible study. You know, if, if I was to uh, do a, a Bible study at my church, and invite the community, I might get six or seven people. But to take it outside of the umbrella of the church uh, to a neutral location and invite people of all faiths to come in and have a, have a discussion has been the formula that uh, has uh, caused, I think, a number of people to come who otherwise would never uh, have engaged. I'm, sti- I'm, I'm still... I, 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 I'm still not comfortable with the question of why a bar rather than a donut shop. I mean, uh, it seems. To, are are you acknowledging that you're doing that for so, sort of shock value? No, I'm I'm doing it because uh, it appeals. You know, the the donut shop would appeal to certain people. In fact, we tried a lunch and Bible study. We called Bibles and Burgers uh, at a local burger place, and. Um, we did it for about four months and had almost no attendance. We had five or six people who attended regularly and, and nobody else okay. came. All right. Now, i I, I got to ask you this question. Now, we asked this of our previous guests, too. Mm-hmm. Is there any limit? Do you draw a line at some point and say, okay, now that would be, that would be out of bounds? In other words, uh, I, I, I couldn't go there. Uh, uh, a strip bar, maybe. Uh, yeah, what if, it was, what if it was a strip bar or... Uh, for instance, in Nevada, uh, there are places where prostitution is legal. Would would it be would would it be appropriate or reasonable? I mean, are, in other words, are you? Uh, I I'm saying that, that I think the bar is crossed the line. You obviously don't, but would you say there is a line somewhere wherein we cannot cross that? Well, I don't. You know, I I, I tend to look at the the role model that Jesus gave us, which was to go out among those who needed to hear the word, uh, to go where they are, to become a, a part of their community. Um, if I was if I was invited to come into a strip bar or a brothel to do a Bible, a legitimate Bible study, I'd do it because I think we're called to go where we're needed to uh, bring the word of God to people who may not hear it in any other way. 
Are you? Are is? I, I can agree with that. I can. Ag- I would uh, go to, to those places for a Bible study if it was for the purpose mm-hmm. of leading people out of that environment. Yeah, that's that's the key. I mean, we, we we're trying to. We would think that these people who are there are obviously there for wrong purposes, and we got to get them out of this. We're here to get you out. We this is a rescue. We're we're trying to rescue from you from this. I'm concerned that they they approached Roger. Uh, that that you know, ah, come on, we're just going to talk about the Bible in the bar. Have a beer if you want, and uh, people going to get the idea. In other words, when Jesus went to where sinners were, it was clear that he was teaching them that they were sinners and they needed to get out of that situation. Are you are you concerned that people are going to sense a, a a condoning of their activities by virtue of what you're doing? No, I, I don't. Um, and you know, before I retired and 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 went to uh, ministry at Highlands, I was the director of the state substance abuse programs. Um, and so I'm I'm really sensitive to all of the issues about the abuse of alcohol and and, and other drugs. And I I uh, the group that uh, that we have uh, is a group that is not into that. Uh, we haven't. Um, appealed to you know the, occasionally we get somebody from downstairs who wanders upstairs to see what we're doing and usually they don't stick around but there is no sense about what we do that condones uh the abuse of alcohol or some of the other things that you and i both know uh has its genesis in the bar atmosphere okay all right well that's uh, that's uh, an interesting thing uh and and i, I I'm, I'm interested in your response to that Roger, we need to let you go, but we appreciate you spending time with us on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Thanks. Thanks for having me, and God uh, bless you. I, I, I envy you getting to live in Wyoming. We love it out there. We've been out there <laughs> on some vacation trips, but that's that's a, a, a beautiful part of the world. Maybe, well, maybe not so know, beautiful. beautiful part of, maybe not so beautiful in the winter, though, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks Thank a you, lot, Roger. Roger. Okay. All right, uh, appreciate Roger for joining us on the program tonight. I, in the chat room, there's been a lot of uh, discussion about the things that we've said. I think we've got a lot of people who want to ask us questions. And so we're going to take a break. And uh, during the break, you can get on the phone. It's toll-free, 877-381-4567. You can send your emails with your comments to questions at collegeu.com. Or you can send in your comments in the chat room. We've probably missed a lot of them that have been going on during the discussion with our guests. Uh, if you want to resend those uh, those comments or questions in the chat room, and uh, we can hopefully address them. We'll have lots to talk about when we get back from the break. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. The ad in the classified section was briefly worded. It said, beautiful wedding dress, size 8, sacrifice price $75, never worn. Though the information is lacking, our minds race to speculate concerning what might have happened. We could guess about an argument before the wedding day, or perhaps the intended groom took a classic case of cold feet. Maybe something more tragic has occurred, a serious accident, possibly even a death. Whatever the case, we know that something is wrong. Wedding dresses are meant to be worn. In weddings. We learn of another situation, sadder, far more serious. It's the news of a Christian who is in spiritual trouble. Our information may be sketchy, but the signs are evident. Here, too, we can read between the lines. Perhaps we see it first as his attendance at the assemblies begins to wane. It grows more apparent as interest in the work of the church seems non-existent. Then, of course, there may be family trouble or problems at work or an obviously inordinate desire for more material possessions or so on, so on, so on. There's little need to speculate about the cause. We know the cause. It is a lack of proper love for the Lord, a failure to put his kingdom first. Christians, don't forget that our life for Christ is to be lived and lived daily. As children of God, we have promise of blessings both now and in eternity. Others who look into our lives should be able to read a story of peace, hope, and contentment. What kind of story are you writing? What will others read between the lines? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight, and we welcome you back. We remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We welcome your comments or questions anytime at questions at collegeu.com. If you have questions about what we believe or practice or anything you've heard on any edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We're talking about bar churches tonight and bar Bible studies 
They're very uh, enlightening study tonight, Dad. Uh, some things it's interesting to hear what these guys on, are. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting to hear what they're doing. I, I, I mean, we wanted to give them a chance to explain their actions, but I wouldn't want to leave anybody with the impression that we could sign off on on no. that. I, I, basically, I think that the justification they're using is the idea that Jesus went where sinners were to teach sinners. And I agree. And, with that. and we don't we don't disagree and with we, that. We, we're willing to do that as well. I, but, I, but, I I don't know that there's any place that I wouldn't go if I had the opportunity to teach a, a sinner what he needed to do to be right with God. Yeah. And so Jesus did associate with sinners at that level to teach them, but he never he never left any impression that he was participating with them in the sinful things that they were doing, and he never left them with the with any sort of an impression that he would condone the sinful activity that they were engaged in. He associated with sinners for the express purpose of saving their souls, uh, to get them out of what they were doing. In fact, uh, in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, he used the uh, uh, analogy of a, of, of a physician going to, to the sick person. Uh, you know, he said those who are sick need a physician. He was going to send sick people to doctor their sinfulness, he wasn't going there to just make them feel comfortable in a in a in a con- conversant sort of atmosphere. Okay, and uh, AJ made the point uh, that uh, Paul was all things to all people. Paul did not, though, however, become a sinner so that he could fit in with sinners, and that's that, I think that's an important thing for us to note. Paul was trying to remove barriers, but there were limits to the kind of barriers he would remove. He wasn't going to become a drunk so that he could reach the drunks, and we don't have to do that today either. And, uh, and in other words, he wasn't going. To, he wasn't going to get drunk to reach a drunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so you can't. Th- th- there's obvious limitation to that expression. He became all things to all men. He was especially talking there about Jews and Gentiles yeah. in the context right. of that statement. Right. But right. Uh, you, you couldn't take Paul's statement to say. Well, oh, it, it, there's it, a lot of car thieves that need to have uh, they need to know the gospel. So I'm going to I'm going to be a car thief for the I'm next month. And I'm going to month. the chop shop, and we're going to cut up cars together while we study the Bible. Yeah. No. Right. It doesn't right. happen like that. Right. Guest 878 says, "Are there limits?" Let's hit some of these these comments in the chat room rapid fire. Dad, I'll give them to you. You can comment. I don't, there, I don't know where you're at. Uh, well, you? 878 you? says, "Are there limits to what Jesus said about going into all the world, where to go and when?" In other words, can we go into all the world? Can we go to a bar? Teach people the gospel. Well, I think I think we've said you could, if that was your your uh, sole objective, is to to be able to talk to somebody. I, I I don't know. I do think there will probably be some off limits places. I'm not going to go in a nudist colony to yeah. talk to a nudist. Yeah. Now I will try to teach that nudist, but they're going to have to get some clothes on and come to a place where we well, can. That's true. Well, where, where, if you're no, not, if, no, if no, it's no, going to require no, you to associate, I, I with can't it. go to a place. That would cause me. In other words, if I went in a nudist colony to talk to a nudist, then I'm going to have lustful thoughts seeing the naked people there. I'm not going to put myself in that environment. And so I would say, yes, there are some logical limitations on go to go to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. That 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 doesn't mean you go to every sinful, dark place. We need to reach every sinner, but that doesn't mean that you could physically go into every location. And you don't want you couldn't go someplace where your presence would indicate that you were giving approval or having fellowship with those those evil deeds. Exactly right. All right, uh, uh, Mike in the chat or guest eight seventy eight asks again: Wouldn't it make more sense to go where people are open to hearing the word rather than where you might have a few curiosity seekers? Yeah, I got to think that there are better places than a bar to have a Bible study. The, the, the church here in Columbia, we've been doing a thing for the last couple of years, doing it again this summer. We're having a Bible study in a park. Right. Now, to me, that seems like a more conducive atmosphere to Bible study than seems a bar. Like people would be in better mindset if they're yeah. not inhibited. Yeah. Uh, Mike in the chat room says, how can you go? Uh, how can you know people are not seeking in bars, brothels and other places where you wouldn't go? Well, they may be, but that doesn't. I mean, I hope they are, and and if they are, then they're going to stop frequenting brothels and bars. Uh, I, I'm not sure about the question. Well, and I, I don't know that people. Well, okay, Mike says, uh, is it about showing people how they are doing wrong or showing them Jesus' love? Both. Okay. I mean, you can't separate that. You can't separate the idea of Jesus' love from the fact that you have to you have to see sin. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is love. 
caused him to say some pretty hard things Jesus to people said, who needed to hear it. In John fourteen fifteen, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And keeping his commandments mean you couldn't do some of those wrong things that you're doing. You have to repent. Jesus said. Jesus also said in Luke 13, 3, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Yeah. That's one of the concerns I have about this. Are we teaching people they have to repent? Uh, I, I didn't love. get the idea. I mean, I, I really appreciate the good discussion that A.J. and Roger had with us. But I, I just didn't come away from that with the impression they're teaching people to change, to repent. All right. Guest 878 says, let's be serious. When you are in a bar or a brothel, you are not seeking to worship God. I think that would probably be along the lines of what you were saying earlier, is the mindset. Is the mindset of those in the bar that I really want to do what God wants me to do? I need to find out what that is? Or I just want somebody to sort of pat me on the back and say, hey, let's have a beer together. Uh, Mike says, uh, maybe not seeking, but maybe you have been hurt by people claiming to, tr- to, to be trying to, to right you. What about that? What about the people who disenfranchised men? The, the argument was these are, a lot of these people are people who've had a bad experience in a church, and so they don't feel comfortable going into a traditional church setting. Well, that's unfortunate. But, you know, sometimes people who have that, uh, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that there aren't cases where people have been legitimately hurt uh, mistreated or whatever in a tr- so-called traditional church environment, but I had to tell you through the years when I've talked to people who had that opinion, it was it was a heart problem on their part, uh, and they were and they were using that as an excuse and a justification. The, the, in reality, people had not mistreated them, and they'd just been walking around with a chip on their shoulder, looking for an excuse to not uh, engage in in church activities, and so. Uh, do, do we ever do we ever give people who visit our services a, a wrong impression? Do we ever leave them with a bad feeling? I'm afraid we do from time to time. Uh, we're, we're imperfect people, obviously, and so from time to time we will do that. But that's not an excuse to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. God told us how he wants us to worship him, and he gave us the specifics of how that's to be done, and and. We we just can't say, well, because these people don't feel comfortable with that, we can't do it that way. Uh, we're not going to get it. Apparently, we're not going to get to the questions we sent out earlier today, Jacob, to our update list. But for instance, as a for instance, and I'm sure that some of the people in the chat room won't agree with us on this, but we had a we had a FAQ from a bar church in Abilene, Texas, uh, the uh, Southern Hills Church of Christ in uh, uh Abilene, Abilene Texas. Texas has bar church at the Memories Country Western Bar in Abilene, and they have a give a lot of information on their website. And so I sent out to our update list earlier today uh, their some of their FAQs. Yeah. And and so one of their question one of the questions asked was, will bar church include include the use of instruments of music in in the worship? Uh, Understanding, I think most of our listeners will understand that churches of Christ, we believe in a cappella singing. Uh, that's the music we use in our worship. We don't believe that instruments of music are authorized in New Testament worship. Now, I'm, I'm sure there are probably people in the chat room who, who disagree with us on that, but that's our understanding of Scripture, and that's what we teach. You can look in our archives on the virtual Bible study, and we've got whole programs where we've dealt with that question. So this is a church of Christ, and that's the background they come from. But notice how they answered it. Will the bar church include instruments in worship? Yes, due to the fact that we anticipate that many of those who attend bar church will have no background in a cappella singing. We will use instruments for the purpose of making the singing of hymns less threatening and provide a musical sound path for all to follow. Do you get that? In other words, they they come from a position where they believe in a cappella singing. But because people are not comfortable in that, we're going to change that to make it so they do feel comfortable. Well, what's the limit of that? What yeah. would you What would you not change? God told us how to worship, and if people are not feeling comfortable with that, then they need to change. The worship doesn't need to change. That's right, exactly. Patrick in the chat room says, I think this is a legitimate concern, that by going into such a place that one feels compelled to be too soft on matters of truth. This, uh, this is an idea of compromising, I think. And I sort of get the idea, I, although I couldn't get it, I, I just sort of get the idea that, the people that are attending these studies sort of like the fact that it's sort of flirting around with the forbidden. Yeah, Roger in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, would not agree when I said, you, "Are you doing this for shock value?" He didn't. He didn't acknowledge that that was what they were doing, but he did say, you know, that, that this was more a unique uh, 
sort of setting than maybe having it at, at, a, at a donut shop or a, a McDonald's. Pa- Lance in the chat room asks, uh, how do you transform from this type of thing, that is meeting in bars, to a more conducive environment for Christian growth if you're truly trying to make a difference? And that's what I see with these I, these permanent meetings in the bar. It's, it's an idea that, well, we just stay where we are. We don't have to do a lot of changing. You like to come and do the bar and do your bar thing? Well, just that's fine. Let's just throw a little Bible in it, and maybe it'll be okay. That's the impression I get, at least, of, of the, these types of activities. All right. I, I, on that question that I, that I just read about using the instruments, I uh, uh, got an email from Chris in the U.K. He's good to correspond with us on our questions. Uh, he says about the instruments, he says, I know this is a problem for you all, but I kind of agree you can't expect outsiders to get the a cappella style and be involved. But you should think about letting them see it in action once a month as such or or once you know they've been regularly personally invited them to come to the real service and see how it should be done. So, so Chris says he could see uh, how you might sort of want to bring people in gradually on that subject. Uh, I, I got to say, Chris, I, I would disagree with that. In other words, if, if it's if it's an element of doctrinal truth of of right versus wrong, of authorized things versus unauthorized things, that's not something that we need to water down or bring people along gradually about it. What if you were What if you were trying to convert a pagan idol worshiper? You, and said, Well, you know, they that's their background. Their their background is in worshiping idols. We're going to have to wean them off of that slowly. So we're gonna we're gonna you know, we're going to throw up some idols here, temporarily at least, until they get comfortable with the idea they shouldn't be bowing down to idols. And then we'll try to bring them around on that slowly. I, I just don't see that as being the approach to be used. Okay, on a slightly different subject, Mike in the chat room asked the question, is it okay, would we have a problem with going to a restaurant where alcohol is served and eating at a restaurant where uh, maybe where there is uh, alcohol consumed? And I, my answer to that would be I would as long as I was not put in a position where it appeared that I was condoning or having fellowship with that type of You know, of that question is – I think that's a worthy question. Should Christians be going to places where alcohol is served? You know, a lot of fine restaurants serve alcohol. Uh, a lot of bars serve food. So, I mean, what's the difference? I think there is a difference. In other words – and, and it, you know, it, it's a case-by-case thing, but the, there are some – Places that serve food, but they're known as bars. If you saw somebody coming out of that place, you, your impression would be they've been to the bar, not that yeah. they've been there to eat. There are other places that serve alcohol, but they're known, their reputation is as a restaurant. And, and, and I wouldn't feel embarrassed if someone saw me coming out from there. They would not automatically assume that I had been consuming alcohol. And so I think you've got to make a judgment call on that. Now, I know some Christians who won't go to a place that serves alcohol at all, and I respect that conscientious judgment. I don't, I, 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 personally, I'm not there on that, but I, I tell you, there's some places I won't. So there's some places that serve food that I won't go to because their reputation is that's a bar. You don't want to condone it. Kirsten in the chat room says the Bible also talks about being slothful. Are you going to shun an overweight person just like you are shunning a casual drinker? Well, we're not shunning the casual drinker, uh, Kirsten. We are saying that we believe casual drinking is wrong and that uh, that the Bible condemns it. And uh, but we'd also say that the slothful person is wrong. And the Bible condemns that as well. What we're saying is that if there is sin in our lives, we need to get it out, regardless of the sin. Regardless of if it's a sin that we like or a sin that we find uh, re- repulsive, we want all sins out of our lives. And we're working towards that. We're not there yet, but that's our goal. And we're not, we're not going to say, well, this sin is okay and this one's not. We're going to say all sin needs to be addressed uh, because it is a violation of God's will and we want to follow God's will uh, in our lives. Uh, so that would be my answer to Kirsten's question. Do you have anything you'd like to add to that? No, I think you got it. All right. So can we only go to places set up for a uh, serious study of God's Word is Mike's question. Mike also asked a question, does it matter where we are? Do we have to be in specific locations to worship God? Obviously not. Okay. Um, Guest 878 says, if you open up to a study in bars, you open up the floodgates to any location. You could not stop it. Well, and then uh, Kirsten asked, is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing to have Bible studies, but again, we've got to ask ourselves, what is the objective of the study? Yeah. And I think that's getting maybe to the root of the issue. Um, all right. Uh, you know, we, in our questions we sent out, uh, one of the things that this uh, bar church in Evelyn, Texas said, well, they were asked, why do you meet in a bar? Why not in a school or in an empty building? 
They said, we wanted to, to locate Bar Church in a bar in order to place ourselves in a position to be in relationship with people who were, one, fed up with church, two, had dim views of church and especially of church people, and three, perceived themselves to be unworthy or far from God. I, I, I want to address, uh, to me it seems like the, the thing you've got to address is why are these people fed up with church and why do they have dim, a dim view of church and church people? Let's correct that. Those are misimpressions. Those those are erroneous ideas that people have. Uh, and so instead of just saying, oh, in, instead of bringing them to be among God's people, we're just going to meet with them in a bar. And I just think that's the wrong approach. It seems to me like let's let's clear that up. Let's clear up whatever it is that's got them having these attitudes toward church and church people. Seems right. to me. That's 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 true. It's yeah, you're sort of throwing out the baby with the bathwater here. I think. Yeah. Uh, people have a bad impression of people because of things that church that church members have done that are wrong. Well, let's just throw the whole church out. No, let's fix the church. Again, and uh, and we haven't had a really good answer to this all night long. What are what are the limits of this kind of thing? Uh, here's here's a guy. He has a bad impression of taking baths and people who do take baths, uh, and therefore we're going to stop taking baths to accommodate him. No, I'm not going to do that. No, in other words, I, I, I got to believe that A.J. and Roger and everybody else draws a line at some point and says, we will not pass that line. But they're unwilling to identify that line. But to me, the only place you can identify it is where, where it would be identified in the scriptures by what's authorized and what's not. All right. Um, go ahead. We got uh, Jeff running the board who hadn't had a chance to speak tonight. We also got another member of the church here, Jack, is is here tonight who often listens and participates in the chat room. You guys got anything to add to our discussion? Uh, Jack, guys, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, you've said the, the gist of it, I think, and that is uh, my question, I guess, is when the, they're having these studies, is the purpose to bring these people out of their situation? You know, because I think they, they both admitted that drunkenness or, and the things that can happen at, in a bar, like being flirtatious or leading to other type of sins, then I, I would hope that their effort is to get people to recognize that they're in sin and they need to come out of sin. And if they're doing that, I, w- I didn't hear an answer to the question how successful they've been over these yeah. two or three years. So yeah. I, yeah. My, I sort of get the feeling it's like it's like a fireman going into a house that's on fire when he gets in there. He starts giving the victims back rubs instead of pulling them out of the fire and say, "Let's <laughs> yeah, go." Yeah, yeah, good, you, know, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. we, we got we got people that are they're they're in a downward spiral here in a bar, and we're just sort of going and holding hands and and hugging, but we're not doing anything about the problem. Right. I, I'm convinced that Paul would address the sin. He wouldn't sugarcoat it. He wouldn't tap dance around it or not say anything. And Jesus about would it. too. And Jesus would do the same thing. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Well. Uh, we got a few more minutes if you want to send us your questions in the chat room. And, and apologies to both people in the chat room. There's been a ton of activity in the chat room that we haven't been able to monitor as we've been engaged in these interviews. And there's also we also got some some well written uh, lengthy emails from folks that we haven't been able to get. All to right, Jeff has got a comment. Uh, Mike uh, was say, asking about a grocery store instead of a restaurant. Oh, okay. Well, what about a grocery? Can you can you can you uh, patronize a grocery store that sells alcohol? I think so. Again, uh, no, people do not assume if they see me coming out of a Kroger store or a, or a Publix that I've been in there to buy alcohol. Although they do sell alcohol in those places, they don't they don't assume that that's what I'm there for. They 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 would be very much more inclined to think he's there to buy milk and bread and eggs. And so I, I don't think that I automatically give a wrong impression by coming out. Of the You're not having fellowship being seen with in that, a grocery with store that activity yeah. by being there. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, we have got a few more seconds. Anything else we need to include from our listeners or, that were emailed earlier today? We got uh, an email from Patrick that I don't think we have touched tonight. We, we haven't, that, uh, Patrick. and Patrick's, Patrick's been in the, the chat room. room too, and we appreciate him very much. Uh, um, and again, we just don't have time to do justice to uh, the good essay that he wrote us on this subject. And Chris in the UK as well uh, did a good bit of work writing, and we haven't been able to address all that. Anthony sent us an email. So sorry, guys, we didn't get to all of those. Uh, but I do think we've had a good discussion, Jacob. I, I think it's a worthy discussion. I, I, I want to I leave everyone with the understanding we agree we've got to get the gospel message to lost sinners. Who yeah. could disagree with that? Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that is absolutely essential. And, and the idea of getting to them with the message is important. Yeah. Uh, 
And so, as you said several times, Jacob, if if there was a situation where it meant I needed to walk inside the door of a bar to reach a guy who was there with with a saving message of the gospel, that could be done. And I don't get the impression that that's what's going on in these bar churches. And, and we've tried to illustrate what we have object to as we've gone through the course of these discussions. Again, I also want to emphasize that uh, although it was suggested by our guest that drinking is okay as long as it's in moderation, we do not take that position. We do not agree that that's right. We believe that the New Testament teaches that Christians should not drink at all. All right, check out our website, uh, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where we've had several discussions on these, uh, This the discussion about alcohol. There are a lot of people in the chat room and in our audience tonight, I think, who disagree with us on the consumption of alcohol. You might check the August 17, 2006 program, Can a Christian Drink Alcohol? We've also uh, had a discussion with a preacher who was, uh, well, had a little bit of uh, notoriety for drinking uh, beer, uh, he was on a national, national uh, television, yeah, show. television show, yeah. and uh, he joined us on the program as well. So you can check out our archives for that. TheVirtualBibleStudy.com is where you can find out that information. You can also podcast this program uh, if you want to find out more information there. And we meet every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Uh, for a similar discussion on a wide variety of topics uh, where we take your, uh, your comments via the chat room, via email, and over the phone where we can get uh, everyone's uh, understanding of what the Scriptures teach so we can get a better understanding of what God's will is for us in our lives. And we look forward to this study every Thursday night. Dad, thank you for your time thank, tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Again, thank you to A.J. Viola and uh, Roger uh, McDaniel. McDaniel in uh, Wyoming for joining us on the program tonight. Thank you, Jeff, and for Jack for being here helping us get on the air tonight. And thank you for joining us on the program. We hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.